from Los Angeles, California. This is the Rider Strike Chronicles podcast, and I'm Tanya Barnes. Hello, everybody. Today is Monday, November 26, 2007, day 22 of the Rider Strike. In today's episode, I meet up with Strike Captain Jennifer Glickman at the crack of dawn. Okay, maybe it was more like 7 a.m. at the picket lines in front of Warner Brothers Studios. Before we get started, it's worth noting that today as we roll into the fourth week of the strike, the WGA and the AMPTP have agreed to come to the table today. Despite a news blackout, Mickey Fink of Deadline Hollywood Daily reported, quote, I've been told positive news about today's resumption of contract talks between the writers and the producers. So positive, in fact, that I'm almost fearful to post it. But here goes. A very reliable source tells me that there appears to be a deal seemingly in place between both sides, unquote. This is good news, and as Nikki is really in the know, it's worth keeping an eye on her blog for updates. On another note, FCC Chairman Kevin Martin has announced a December 18th vote on whether or not newspaper-slash-broadcast cross-ownership should be further deregulated. Why is this important? Well, the website Common Cause says it well, quote, It's eerily similar to what happened in 2003 when Michael Powell's FCC voted for rules to allow massive media consolidation without public input. It seems that Kevin Martin hasn't learned his lesson. He wants to lock the public out of this decision. That is unacceptable, unquote. At this time, I urge you to contact the FCC now and tell them you are opposed to their plans to relax media ownership limits. The vote is scheduled for December 18th, so please do this now. For more information about this issue, just click on our blog at wgastrike2007.blogspot.com. Okay, let's roll sound with Jennifer Glickman. This is Tanya Barnes with the Writer Strike Chronicles, and I'm here with... Jennifer Glickman. And what's going on this morning? I understand that the AMPTP and the WGA is coming back to the table. Yes, they are meeting. I don't even think they're awake this early in the morning. <laughs> we were here at 5 o'clock in the morning, but yeah, they're, uh, they're going to meet. We're hopeful that this is going to be real serious uh, negotiations this time about these, you know, the real issues, uh, not some of the sideline issues. And so we're, we're hopeful. We're really hoping this will get resolved before uh, the Christmas holidays. Yeah, that would be great. Ha- has the strike affected you yet? Uh, usually don't get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, 4, 4.30 in the morning. No, I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a penny pincher and all. But um, it has affected me in the sense that, you know, you don't want to see the other people, the other union members, other members of your crew, you know, I my show that I was working on is here at Warner Brothers so I see my crew members uh, you know people that I know going in and you you know you feel bad because shows are shutting down but I know that before our show shut down our crew net members were very supportive and I think the general feeling and the general understanding is that this affects all unions these kind of negotiations especially the issue of the internet because if the point is that the studios are trying to eliminate that as a an area that that we can take part in ultimately it's all going to be over the internet and ultimately every union is going to be affected so I think people see that we're just sort of at the front lines of this and every union is going to be dealing with this exact same subject 
Is that why you think SAG and the Labor for Solidarity March last Tuesday was so big? Absolutely. I think it's very clear for SAG members that pretty much whatever the Writers Guild gets is going to be what SAG gets, especially when it comes to things like getting internet residuals. Another thing that I think was was actually news to a lot of the people in IATSE and, uh, and Teamsters is that these unions also benefit from residuals. It does not come directly to the membership as it does in the case of SAG and WGA, but residuals are what uh, is the major funding for the pension and health plans to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. For IATSE? I didn't know that. Yes, yes. Many unions. In fact, please let me refer to some yeah, please. materials here such as the uh, IBT Local 399, Studio Utility Employees Local 724, Plumbers and Pipefitters 78, Plasterers, Cement Mason 755. These are unions whose pension and health plans get residuals to the tune of, here's one of the facts on this sheet, from January 1st to September 1st of this year, more than $260 million was collected in residuals that went directly to the pension and health plans. The reason that these unions are really in the same boat we are is if the studios are able to get their say, they will say that the cable that brings television into your house, that gives you pension and health benefits. The cable that brings a computer into your in computer signal into your house doesn't get pension and health benefits. Eventually, in, in two to five years, there aren't going to be two cables. It's all going to be one cable. It's all going to be called computer. Or it's all going to be called internet. And if it doesn't get covered now, all those uh, benefits are going to just fizzle away. There's going to be nothing to support the pension and health plans and they will wither and die and the unions will wither and die. So it's that's why this is such a key issue and, and how it really does affect everybody. And though it's obviously painful to take the hit now, have these shows shut down now and people feel like, oh, it's ruining my Christmas season. I think we have to look at the sort of the long haul, which is toward the future, that it is what's going to keep the studios from really shutting these unions down. You think that's the goal? I, unfortunately, I think that, yeah, the greed is the goal and, and not sharing what is obvious wealth. I mean, when you look at the information out there, it's clear money is, to be, is there to be made. Unfortunately, we've seen evidence of these moguls talking out of both sides of their mouths, telling on the one hand their shareholders, we're making money on the internet and we're going to make more, and then on the other hand, you know, claiming poverty, claiming we don't make money or we don't know how much money is there to be made. Um, you can't have it both ways. And I think the main issue that everybody can stand behind is share. Share. It's okay. We're not saying, you know, we, we want the hugest cut. We're saying give us a piece of the pie. Currently, what, uh, what we're getting is... Uh, it's a third of a cent for every dollar that they make, and we're saying give us two and a half cents. Not a big amount of money. And when you when it, it can be sort of positioned, and it has been positioned as, the writers are asking for a 700% increase. And if you look at it that way, it is a 700% increase from a third of a cent. Do you consume new media? And if so, what do you download? Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I do download music. I listen to podcasts and I have started downloading, you know, the shows that I like uh, so that I can sort of uh, take them with me. It's a way to catch up. I'm, you know, I think that uh, films are not as much in danger of being sort of uh, completely converted because people will still like to see films in a theater and a big screen. But, uh, you know, this is the wave of the future for television. It's going to be on your phone. It's going to be in your in your iPod. Now, I read on United Hollywood blog last night that this is just a TV writer's strike. How do you feel about that comment? 
Uh, well, it was a comment from a some, from somebody from a, a reader yeah. or whatever. It's not true. I mean, I, I've been very fortunate to see screenwriters coming out on these lines because it does affect screenwriters absolutely. The effect is different for them because their projects take so many months to develop. There are feature films that are going to be going into production that are written, but it's still the same issue. There still is going to be streaming and downloading, and it's going to affect them. Already, screenwriters were hurt by those sort of bad negotiations 22 years ago when you know we made this deal to say, okay, your your VHS, who's gonna who's gonna have a library of movies and watch them in their house? No one's gonna do that. That deal was made before we really knew the extent of what was going to happen, and it wound up being a an enormous, enormous boon to uh, you know to the studios to the to the people at the top of this food chain and that was another instance of seeing that they were not acting in good faith they never came back and said we were wrong we actually made uh, huge sums of money we should renegotiate with you and give you a better chunk of that that never happened so we can't let that happen uh, in this instance either it will affect the screenwriters just as it affects the uh, television writers how long have you been in the guild I've been uh, a working writer for 13 years and uh, I've been very fortunate to be on, uh, you know, on a show every year. And uh, the, the television writing life is not uh, anything guaranteed. You don't know if your show is going to get canceled. Your show, you really don't have much of a shot at getting into syndication and you know, getting into that gravy train or whatever. So um, it is important. It is important that these downloads, you know, the sales of DVDs, people buying the box sets of DVDs, that's a form of income people never knew that they were going to have the opportunity to have and it can mean a lot to writers who you know your show gets canceled after six or seven episodes you may not get another chance to be hired until the following season that the money that you earn as many actors know and whatever it has to last you over a long period of time so that's another reason why these residuals are so important it is part of the money you earn because it's got to last you over a long period of time any parting shots before we wrap this up? I'm just so grateful for the support that we have gotten from these other unions. I think people do realize that that you know it's powerful when people get together, when unions get together. That's a way that the individuals have power, so that the greed cannot uh, overtake us all. So I have positive feelings about it, and I hope that the the good camaraderie between the different unions, you know, the different the writers and the crews and the actors and everything can continue after the strike is over. And I hope the strike is over soon. <laughs> Any shout-outs to your crew on your show? I don't even know what show oh, that is. Oh, uh, on the Big Bang Theory. So we're a bunch of nerds, and we uh, we miss each other. So <laughs> we want to get back to our nerd work. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. You have been listening to the Writer's Strike Chronicles podcast. For more information, visit our blog at wgastrike2007.blogspot.com. 